This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So the Emergencies Act declared by the Prime Minister yesterday, which gives the uh, federal government uh, a lot more power. Uh, It's very extraordinary. It's never, in fact, happened before. The Act replaced the War Measures Act back in 1988. Uh, It's never been used before. So um, it has a very high threshold that needs to be met in order for it to be brought into effect. And the question we're asking is, did we reach that threshold? A lot of people say, no, no, we certainly didn't. Let's chat with Aaron Solomon now, who's a chief legal analyst for Esquire Digital. Get his take on this situation. Aaron, thanks for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Shane, thanks not only for having me, but for the Van Halen lead-in. You like that, eh? <laughs> I loved it. Uh, let's start with the threshold. Have we met it? I mean, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of people saying that, you know what? To deploy some kind of action like this, it needs to be more than just some protests. We didn't get where we needed to get. Well, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association would agree. They said last night that they don't believe that we've cleared this high and clear, quote-unquote, threshold. Yeah. So they say that actually... We're not even close. Uh, That's their opinion. Now, the thing is, you know, look, I've been giving interviews all over the world, literally, since yesterday afternoon at around 4.45. I want to make a footnote for everybody. I'm Montreal-based. You guys are in Alberta. It's amazing how little the world knows about Canada, but they are putting a lot of attention on this invocation of the Emergencies Act. The next 30 days are really going to be important days in Canadian history for all of us. I think, you know, you make a good point, and I'm sure globally it's being reported and and it's being watched very closely in the United States. And we know the relationship between our two countries has been changing over the past several months. What does this do? The situation that we're in, the fact that we brought in this act, the borders were closed, what do you think that means to the Canada-U.S. relationship? So, you know, I follow American politics and law very closely because this is kind of what I do for a living. And I can tell Canadian listeners that the political landscape is going to change a lot in the United States in 2022 with the midterm elections. You know, people have been predicting a red wave, but it's going to actually be a red tsunami. So there are a lot of very sympathetic Americans to, you know, this kind of invocation of civil liberties that's been happening within Canada with the border protest and what's been happening within Ottawa. So I think that, ironically, the final analysis is going to be that Canadian and U.S. relations are going to be closer among the people from what's been happening over the past month, not necessarily because of government action. I think there are a lot of Americans who are very sympathetic, not necessarily with parking a whole bunch of trucks in downtown Ottawa, but the sentiment that we're all frustrated two years into a pandemic, and is the government always acting in our best interest? This is a question that's shared north and south of the border. Absolutely. No question. There's, there's audiences for that discussion uh, all over the world, I would think. In fact, um, back in our country, bringing in the Emergency Act, uh, as they did yesterday, uh, the legal avenues that now become available to Trudeau, what changes? Uh, what do you expect to see the federal government? You know, a lot of it was focused on finances. Oh, it's the scariest heck. So the main thing that we need to think about is, is the government going to try to do anything under the guise of a 30-day emergencies act that's going to become a more lasting thing? 
So one of the things that the act allows them to do is to direct banks to regulate or prohibit the use of funds to fund blockades. So that's going to be things like, you know, the GoFundMes. But it's also going to be the disbursement of cryptocurrencies. And a lot of people believe that the government is doing this, so now they have FinTrack regulating crypto, and that's not going to change back in 30 This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Interesting. And that's big. I mean, that's sort of the whole point of the cryptocurrencies is to be unregulated. This is a big, big deal then. I know a lot of people in Toronto, which is, you know, really the Canadian hub for crypto, who are saying, wait a second, you know, even if to do it for 30 days is going to be very challenging, because as you point out, the whole notion behind cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized. Yeah, totally. But if the government's actually saying no for, you know, public safety, for the safety of Canada, the integrity of Canada, we need to do more things like this is interesting. And by the way, a lot of people in places like Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, and Toronto are also going to be saying, wait a second, you guys could do this in like 24 hours. You could regulate what's happening with things like cryptocurrency. But with houses being unaffordable to the average Canadian, you haven't been able to track foreign investment and money laundering for decades? Yeah, money laundering is is definitely a a focus here. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of questions will be raised. What about charges? Like, what kind of charges do these protesters now face that they didn't prior to the announcement yesterday? What changed in terms of their level of risk? New fines and punishments, number one. But number two is that Trudeau said yesterday afternoon, listen, you need to go home. Because if you don't go home, you could be sacrificing your registration for the vehicle, your insurance, the vehicle itself and corporate and personal accounts could be seized. You know, some of these big rigs are worth millions of dollars. It's not just the people that get on the news in their $80,000 SUVs who are going to potentially be in trouble here. So I think that if somebody actually does the risk-benefit analysis, a lot of people are going to give up on the convoy. It doesn't make financial sense not to do so. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest weapon that was unveiled yesterday, right? I mean, all kinds of talk and all kinds of discussion, but that whole fact of you basically hand-stringing yourself for a long, long time and in a big way might be the one thing that convinces people that it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have put attention on two fairly minor things. The first is directing, like, tow truck companies to render services paid by the government. Who cares? And the second thing is directing the RCMP and the OPP to enforce these measures. Well, listen, the Ottawa police haven't done a thing. So because the federal government is going to tell the OPP that's been very sympathetic so far to the convoy to do certain things is not the way for this to end quickly. It should end quickly voluntarily because people realize that the real penalties here are the financial ones. Will that work, though? I mean, do you think we've taken the step? Just the thought of it, the threat of it, is that going to be enough? Well, there are a lot of people who since last night have said, now I'm more dug in than ever to do this. But, you know, it's a question of personal property. I don't know a lot of people that can afford to lose a million dollars in a vehicle and lose their driver's license, especially if they're a trucker. So I think that even if this creates a fissure, if this creates a division, in people's willingness to keep up the convoy, that is really what the goal of invoking the Emergencies Act is. Yeah, exactly. And we'll watch and we'll see. Aaron, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us this morning.
My pleasure, Shay. Thanks a lot. You too. That's Aaron Solomon, who is a chief legal analyst for Esquire Digital, walking us through what these changes with the Emergency Act mean.